0: That's Michelle. I'm Randy. We head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and the voice of your St. Louis Blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber is standing by on the heels of a vacation. Welcome back, sir. How was it?
2: Randy, it's, uh, it's, it's gone well. It's uh, been a little wet up here in Massachusetts. Uh, but, uh, you know, weather's the uncontrollable, so why worry about it, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we, we've got a lot to get to. I want to start with this because we're going to have Chief on, Craig Berube, coming up at 9 yes. o'clock, and he's playing in the Ascension Charity Classic. He's going to play in a special nine-hole shootout with Ozzie Smith, Jack Nicholas, and Tom Watson coming up on September 11th. And for me, it's cool to see how Chief has become such a part of this community Community. I know you feel the same way.
2: I, I do. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I was thinking about this, uh, spending some time up in Bruins country, uh, you know, up here where you know you just look at the way that the Blues have, have really grabbed a hold of this community ever since the Rams left. They partnered with the Cardinals, and they said, hey, we got your back, City of St. Louis. And what Craig Berube's done, his approach, when he does a press conference, he just speaks right to the heart of, of a sports fan, doesn't he? He doesn't mince words. He doesn't pull punches when he says the guy needs to play better. He means it when he says, ah, don't read too much into that. He means it. And, uh, and I think just the way that the city has taken to him is special. So I, I'm actually really excited for him and thrilled for him that he's getting those kind of opportunities. What, what a great story.
1: Curbs, uh, tell me a hockey player or someone in the hockey community that you've played golf with. That's an awesome, awesome golfer.
2: Oh, well, Darren Pang, uh, I mean, Darren, Fang is, is terrific. Uh, uh, Brett, I'll tell you a gr- fun, quick Brett Hall story. We were in a, we were in a Dobbs tire and auto center tournament a, a few years back and I'm lining up a putt and I'm there with Brian Lucas and, and Terry Yake was part of our group and Brett Hall. And I'm lining up a putt. And you know how you kind of line up either the words or something to kind of help give you where your straight line is going to be. Right. Brett Hall looks at me and goes. What are you, drunk? (laughs) And he walks over. I swear to God, as I'm standing over the ball, he walks over the ball. He must have turned that ball an eighth of an inch. I'm telling you, like, I could barely even notice how much he turned it. And on my backswing, and this is about a 20-foot putt, on my backswing, Brett turns, walks away, starts walking to the cart, says, we have a winner, no more callers. (laughs) <laughs> and I hit the putt, and it goes 20 feet right in the middle of the hole. Wow. And and as if, yeah. And you're sitting there going, okay, really? Well, he did the same thing to Terry Yake like a couple holes later. I'm like, that's just sick. I mean, I'm telling you, he moved that thing maybe an eighth of an inch, and it rolled right in the middle of the cup.
0: That's amazing. Hey, Curbs, uh, tell us what your reaction was when you saw the Jeremy Rutherford report last week that Vladimir Tarasenko has now reportedly, according to JR, asked for a trade. Now we know it.
2: Yeah, you know what, first off, uh, I, I think so, some real props to Jeremy with a great piece of reporting there. Um, secondly, I, I think I, I wasn't surprised, um, you know, when you started to hear that he changed his agent from Mike Leute, um, th- then you started to wonder what's going on. You know, Vladimir's an interesting guy. Um, at times, you know, he's all about his teammates, doesn't like asking questions about himself, and and he always deflects things to his teammates. And then at other times, you'll see him on the ice and his reaction towards his teammates through his body language, you know, doesn't quite live up to the, I got my teammates back scenario. Um, and, and, but you, then you relate like a lot of top end players that see the game differently from other players. They have some of those reactions. Uh, I, I don't know if it's times run its course. If, if the level of distrust that Jeremy is reporting is there, I think I, I can understand it at the same time. I'm not sure that Vladimir over the, his time here is great. A player for the blues as he's been, um, has always put his best foot forward, whether it be from a conditioning standpoint or whether it be from a, a teammate standpoint. So, you know, if, if it does end up going that way, there, in my opinion, there's probably some culpability on, on, on all sides here. But for as good a player as he's been and the opportunity that's been here, and he was a $7.5 million player before anybody else, um, I think the team really did right by Vladimir Tarasenko. And, and if I'm being real bluntly honest, I think he probably needs to do a little looking in the mirror. Curbs, what do you think the market is for Vladdy around the NHL? Well, that's the ultimate great question here. The flat cap and, and, and what there's a, there's a positive and a negative to the flat cap. The flat cap means you kind of know exactly where you are. So if you're hamstrung with some contracts, that can be difficult, but because of not just the flat cap, but the way that players through the CBA are escrowing some some payments, it's actually giving teams some real financial stability to determine not just this year, but the next two or three. I think that could actually help, you know, when you're trying to move a contract that's at seven and a half million, albeit there's only two years left on that deal. So that's not going to be all that debilitating. But the real challenge here is the timing. Doug Armstrong no doubt has done some calling around and trying to figure out what the type of market he is. I think that could determine what do you do with Vladimir when it comes to leaving him exposed or unexposed. If Vladimir didn't put Seattle on one of his teams to be traded to, then Seattle wanted to take him. Seattle would have to then try to be handcuffed to try and trade him somewhere. Who knows that there's a lot going on there. So to me, it comes down to Doug Armstrong really reading that market um, and then deciding whether or not you take the risk of uh, him getting taken and just, just clearing that off your plate. So, I have to think, though that even injured, even a couple you're you're still talking a pretty decent package you should be able to get for him. We just have to wait and see whether or not that package plays out because that expansion draft this year really, to me, changes everything.
0: And, Kerbs, I wonder, because everybody around the league knows everything, and in addition to the fact that the Blues' one loss record without him over the last couple of years has not been strong. Granted, he's only played 34 games. Power play has been better without him on it. And you talk about his body language on the ice with his players. I wonder if a team like Seattle – even if he's left unprotected, and you mentioned the the no trade, the, the other things that go into it. But I wonder if they want to start off with their superstar, a the guy that was on the cover of the 2017 NHL video game, if you want to have that sort of look on the ice in your first year.
2: Well, but a change of pace is a change of pace. And the one thing that we've seen is even, and, and this is, when I say this, please don't, I'm not describing Vladimir and this. But we've seen all throughout sports where where players, t- you know, teams take chances on players that are either malcontents, have down years, or coming back. I mean, look at the fact. That- I'll go back to this one. Look at the fact that Walt Jocketty traded for Chris Carpenter when he was injured, coming off of, of of massive surgery, right? And then look what he became. You know, so uh, there's going to be somebody interested. There's going to be somebody willing to take the chance you know, especially if they feel that he's, uh, that, that Vladimir is motivated and it was other factors, not just health that were playing a role over the last two years. So uh, I, I do think that there's going to be teams that are, that are going out there. Having said that, if you're Seattle, I mean, you can have some discussions and say, look, if we claim this guy, is there a possible trade target for him? And, and and those are discussions you could be having with teams right now. So it, to me, again, it, it's just a really, really wild dynamic that could play into this. And this, this, look, guys, this becomes a really amazing off season for mm-hmm. Doug Armstrong here, trying to figure out what you're doing with Jaden Schwartz, Vladimir Tarasenko. you got to be confident Kyra's ready to step into a top-six role on the right wing, joining David Perron in your top six. Where's Robert Thomas? Is he ready to make the move? Can you move Shen to the wing if Thomas stays at center? There And, and then how do you fill that left-wing hole we're talking about? Albeit, you know, you just had another retirement with Carl Gunnarsson. You're still trying to make sure you've got the defensive group going you know and you could lose Billy huso in the draft in the expansion draft so you could have a backup goaltending situation potentially there's i'm t- the, the next month and a half just just keep an eye on the ticker to go i guess old school
0: sports here because <laughs> yeah. it's
2: going to be fascinating
0: hey curbs i did want to ask you the name that jeremy rutherford said made the most sense was a contract that the capitals want to get rid of in kuznetsov in terms of his play on the ice and he's had some off-ice issues but what do you think of Kuznetsov the player?
2: You know what? I, I think he could be a, a a pretty good player for the St. Louis Blues. And this is where you're gonna have to be realistic. I don't think you're gonna get a King's ransom, uh, kind of with the scenario that, that we just talked about. But could you gonna can, can you find a good player? Yes, and, and Kuznetsov's deal isn't isn't, you know, a prohibitive one as well. It can help you fill the gap. Um a lot to me is going to really come down to how much you're valuing Jane Schwartz and where that place sits. you sit sits out guys, because like we said, we've talked about that left wing position. I'm still even after I'm even more intrigued after these playoffs in, in a Blake Coleman type scenario, Me too, because Tampa's obviously has some real cap issues and, you know, they were able to circumvent it, you know, within the rules this year, but I don't see that happening next year. So, um, I, I like that idea. You know, Washington hasn't been any better than the St. Louis Blues have over the last couple of years since they won the Cup, right? So they're going to be looking to make some moves. This, this, this offseason is leading to the hockey trade scenario for a lot of teams. And even just a change of pace or something happened there, I, I, I think that there could be something worked out. That, that, to me, is not a bad scenario to be looking at.
0: Curbs, it's always great to hear your voice. Thanks for taking the time with us. Have a safe trip, safe travels home, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: All right, have an awesome week. Good talking with you all. We'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, thank you very much. That is the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us as he does every Monday here on 101 ESPN.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.